Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to introduce Harley Weintraub from Harley.com Sleepwear and Entrepreneur. How are you doing? Hi, Ken. All right. I see that you've been doing your business for 10 years and you're going to be a great inspiration for a lot of our listeners who are trying to start out on their own. You know, they're just retiring or semi-retiring or fired. You know, a variety of, of, of spots they're coming from, but most of them are over 50, 50, 60, 70 years old and they, they, they want to start making some money on their own. Uh, if we could go back to your your beginnings. When did you first uh, get bitten by the entrepreneur bug? Well, I think I always had a sort of an entrepreneurial spirit, but I, oh, after college, I more or less, though, just put my head down and just started working. And, um, and, I, and I was lucky enough, though, I did work, even though I worked in sales and I worked for Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 100 companies, it still gave me a little bit of, oh, creativity leeway because I was always a an outside salesperson. So I never went okay. into an office. So that kind of, you know, uh, it, it gave me a little bit more freedom. But then I had, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was thrown into menopause. I, um, I wasn't menopausal at the time. And it just came, all the symptoms came all at once. And I really was plagued with the night sweats were really just interfering with my life. I just mm -hmm. was not getting a good night's sleep. And although being sleep deprived is not necessarily life threatening as the cancer was. It still, it was still making an impact on my life. And I kiddingly started talking about, I gotta, I gotta do something because I couldn't find anything to sleep in that would wick the moisture, even though I was familiar with wicking sleepwear. So mm -hmm. what I did is I, I found some uh, old uh, wicking bike shorts and I kind of fashioned a night shirt out of that and it worked. And then I found some more uh, sleep friendly fabric that was lighter weight and um, I, I, I sewed up another nightgown out of that and it worked and and then I realized well wait a minute there has to be millions and millions of women who have the same problem so I just figured there's a niche and I can uh, I can do it and it was something that I thought then that I can have more or less as a company that I can start and kind of as a legacy that I'm doing something for myself, but also as an entrepreneur, but also uh, helping other women get through, as I call it, this sweaty patch in their life. And then able to, and I was able to glean some of the best practices that I had learned from the companies I had worked for and put it into my own company um, with my own values. So that's how, that's how it kind of, you know, being, being, it kind of reignited all the entrepreneurial skills and creativity that I had had that I kind of buried a little bit with uh, working for corporate America. But and also, I did come from a family. Uh, my my parents owned restaurants, which is, of course, an entrepreneurial for sure. thing. So I was well aware of, of that and what it, what it took. You know, I could see what it took to be a successful entrepreneur just from watching my, um, uh, my dad uh, work at the restaurants. 
So I kind of think it was in my blood from the get-go. Uh, no customers, they don't eat, and neither do you in that case. Right, right. <laughs> and then with the sales background, really, I mean, most companies probably give you minimum wage, and so that doesn't cut it. That pays for your gas and traveling expenses. So you're really on your own when you're straight commission. So I can understand, and I've done that many times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that it does give you the entrepreneurial experience because you don't sell, you don't eat. And so it's... That's great that you had that background that helped you. Now, a lot of our listeners wouldn't necessarily have that background. They're coming out of corporate America or, you know, they've been with a company that's really looked after them all their life, right. or at least they thought the company was going to look after them all their life, right. but they just got a boot or uh, laid them off early or, you know, a bunch of different situations. And so now they're afraid. And they, uh, I mean, not all of them, just, but some of them are concerned about the future. Now, they may have a pension, but, you know, they don't want to have a skinny retirement. Right. right. They, they like to work at least part-time to, to uh, supplement it. And some of these have to get a full-time job, right. you know, right away. So just to follow in your footsteps, let's say uh, I have uh, a lady that has a fantastic idea for some type of new bra, okay, that doesn't cut off their breathing, all right? right, right. Well, you know, because you know, usually, you know, I speak to my wife and that's always a problem. Right. So you come up with a new solution to that problem, but you're, you're, you have no idea, you don't know anything about suppliers, you don't know where to go. Where does this person start? I think there are, um, uh, looking at a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, resources out there, but also talking to, um, I, I kind of think, you talk to everyone you know, and you tell okay. them what your idea is, and not being afraid that someone's going to steal your idea. I think a lot of people are fearful of that, and really, no, nah, they're not going to. You might think they are, but more, you know, 99% of the time, they're not going to. But They're too lazy. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but they may know someone who knows someone. And so um, not only talking to everyone, but then also looking at resources online, resources that are available from um, various like community colleges or the one that was very important to me was the Small Business Development Center that was part of community college. That was great. I found a mentor there and um, got a lot of help. Uh, so any small business associations, I think, are, are, uh, are good. And then SCORE is also a good, a good resource. To use. How, how does SCORE work? Can you explain to the people? Well, SCORE is usually retired executives in, in fields, and it's free, and you can go into offices that they have and talk to someone. You can find out if someone actually has experience in the niche that you want or, like you were saying, maybe in distribution or maybe in uh, production. They might not have exactly what you're doing, but they might have a broader uh, background in those specifics that you could really just pick their mind and ask them for also for recommendations and then also score. And I know also where, where I've gone with the, the uh, small business development centers, they do have a lot of resources available if you uh, want to write a business plan and those kind of like checklists of mm -hmm. how to put things in a row that you can do that really don't cost any money or they're, they're nominal fees. Because I think that's for sometimes a lot of entrepreneurs when starting out, they're almost seduced by coaches, business coaches, and, and other seminars that, that promise you everything, but you're, you, can, you can literally spend a fortune 
over a retreat weekend, and then what? Then you still have to implement all these ideas Mm -hmm. that you got. And then sometimes also they're wanting you to buy uh, maybe software or books or, or what have you for it. So it can be it can be good, but it can also be financially hit, hit the budget a little bit more than what you might need right from the get-go. I think as an entrepreneur, if you get into where you, you become, a, a, there's a stumbling block, then I think maybe you can look specifically for those areas that might help you. But I still caution people when I am asked for any of my advice that to really set some budgets for your own your own development into the business. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not spending a lot of money and you don't want to spend money that's not going to give you a return on your investment. So if you're working from your home, let's say and you want to yes. you mm-hmm. want to buy that fabulous ergodynamic chair that's that does everything for you, well, that's great, but you know, maybe not. Maybe not because is that going to return you your money in your business? Is is that really going to help you achieve your, your financial goals? So I just say you really need to keep a, a little budget and go for as much free as possible and then proceed from there. So approach it on a, a shoestring basis. Yeah. And go from there. So, okay, uh, Mrs. Jones has got this idea for the bra. Mm -hmm. She goes to SCORE. SCORE gives her some ideas. And now she's ready for the next step. How does she, well, what would she do next? Well, I think she would need to do a lot of research online, also on what the competition is like. Is there anything else that's out there that's similar? Also, what kind of fabric is she going to use? What about production? So I think then she gets into a little bit more of from the idea, let's just go right into the nitty gritty of where she can go from there in doing in doing okay. the research. And I don't think it's unusual to have a year to two years in doing research before you launch your company to get everything going going for you. And then and then also, so not only is she, you know, the raw goods and the production, but also the distribution. How is she going to distribute the bra? How is she going to get it into the consumer's hands? And how is she going to uh, tell the world about this fabulous item? Now, if there's no one else, she can't find anyone else that has that product. Right. How can she test market it somehow first to see how much interest there is before she puts too much uh, effort in actually making it? Maybe doing some line drawings and putting it up. And what would you recommend? There? I think that's. I think that is a good idea, Ken. I think especially some focus groups wouldn't be bad if she could um, talk to other women. But I think the key on the focus groups to really get a good idea, and and I just want to say on the side on this, is that as um, an entrepreneur, you really do need to get a little bit of a thick skin because a lot of people will tell you your product is stinks and that's it. And it hurts because they might mean it being mean or they might not. They're just thinking. That's the, but that's their opinion. But I think if you can get a friend or someone you know 
to get together some other women, and it's, and I think it's really, especially with women, it's, it's fairly easy. You know, you offer some wine and, and their opinion and, you know, a little, a little something to eat, and women will usually come over and give you their opinion and just, and just get it. But why, and why I say, so you're not there to do it is because sometimes people won't talk that freely in front of you. But if it's, if it's not, if you're not there, and someone else that you trust is facilitating the focus group, then you really get more, I think, more honest um, feedback. Is this an idea that can be launched and, and might might have some success? All right. And if you give them enough wine, they might tell you the truth, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, because I was going to get at that. So you invite 10 uh, friends over for wine and cheese party, but they're your friends, right? So they're going to be afraid to maybe be real frank about, right. you know, what they think. Right. So maybe there's some way of getting 10 strange women over, but then maybe even they may feel obligated, you know, you've supplies the wine and the food and, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how you can do this uh, shoe, uh, on a shoestring right. and get the truth out of them. That's the, the only thing. Right. So what, what, how do we solve this problem, do you think? Well, I think, you know, is that if you, if you have a friend and you ask them, you know, do you have some friends, whether it's maybe that you don't know, so whether it's maybe their bridge group, their bunco group, or something where you're not necessarily a member. And then also if you have some friends that might have done retired mm. teachers, they're great because they have a lot of other friends that were teachers or are teachers. And that same kind of thing that you just you just get that kind of group and then you have them uh, and you can set you can set the question for who's facilitating it mm-hmm. to ask. So then you you know, and, you know, everyone on their phone has a they can video it, too. And then, then just honestly to tell the people that this is something. Um, that someone is thinking about launching a company and they want your honest feedback. And I would, I would do no more than 10. And then you might be able to do it again at another time with another group. But I think then that gives you a little bit of an idea. I know I did it with my company. I did it on the West Coast and then actually I did it on the East Coast too because I wasn't sure if I kind of like almost I wasn't sure if there was a geographical barrier. If something I knew right was work in one part of the country, yeah, the- yeah. So, um, so that was that was real helpful for me. And then, and then asking them also for ideas um, on the focus group to ask them, you know, improvements if, or whatever. Right, exactly. You know, colors. Uh, yeah, improvements, the style, because people love to give their ideas too, mm-hmm. and that makes you know, I think it just makes it flow a little bit more. And it's interesting, and and I really don't think. Um, you can have like a giveaway or something like that, but I don't think you have to go to a PR firm and, and formally pay a lot of money again for a focus group. Now, do you have to get them to sign some releases beforehand so that uh, a year from now when you're making a million dollars from your idea, <laughs> they said they gave you the idea? That is a good point. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You would have to have them sign it. So that this is their opinions, and they're, they're freely giving it to you, and there will be no future recourse <laughs> from Okay. From All right. Just, I don't want to get into that problem. Okay. Now, could you do a... I'm not sure the different survey companies. Is there a survey monkey or something that's free somewhere where you can maybe uh, s- send out the ideas to a thousand people and, and see how many answer and 
ask some open-ended questions. You know, is this something you'd buy? What would you pay for? You know, whatever. Would that be a, a way of going? It could be. It? it could be. You know, if you have, if you belong to a Facebook group, you know, it's just weird to get that group of people. But if you if you belong to a specific Facebook group, so you so you're a member of, and then you could do something like that. Ask for people's opinions and see what see what they you know ask them if you can send them a survey, and then then send some kind of the survey monkey something like that. And it may be some, some people will do it. Other people no, they're just not going to. Um, if again, like maybe if you if you. To entice people, you could do a $25 Starbucks or Amazon gift card. So people can like, okay, what's in it for me? You know, especially if they're not too sure, you know, they, they don't know you that well or something. Now, what about maybe AdWords on Google, putting the ads there and saying, you know, if you can't breathe when you go out after you eat because of your bra or whatever, then... Uh, please reply to this, we may have help. And then the people, the only ones that really be interested that would click on that, and that's the only ones you pay for, that might be a way to get a bunch of people uh, to do a survey. And maybe on Facebook, the same thing, you know, advertise in the areas where, you know, people may be having indigestion problems, breathing problems because of, you know, the, the normal uh, bra cutting them off right, at, the, right. at the stomach, which, you know, especially if they have IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and all in that area where, hey, that pressure really hurts them. Right. So if you've got a solution, you know, maybe go to a website that everyone has an irritable bowel system, uh, uh, IBS, right. <clears throat> go to one of those websites and then say, hey, if anyone would like to be included in this survey, I will give them a the broad half price or free or whatever when it comes out, right. whoever does the survey. And so uh -huh. maybe that would be another way of approaching it. So people that really need it right. and say, hey, if you got a solution, you got some idea, I'll, I'll answer the survey. Maybe that might be another way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think some forums, some for you have to be careful with some forums um, because they don't like you to sell, but you're not really selling. You're just, you're just soliciting Information. Information from people. So, yeah, I think I think that's a great idea. Okay, that would be one way. Okay, so now you've surveyed uh, in person on online, and there's a big interest. You figure, okay, i got a winner here. Right. So what would be the next step? Uh, again, we don't want to throw all – we don't want to put our house up yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so our next step would be what? Uh, so you, you know there's an interest. This is going to work. But now you've got to actually make this – Right. Product. That's a real key is that then you have to get your raw goods. What are you going to make it out of? And then who is going to make it? And finding those uh, two components is, is huge. It, re it really is. I know from my experience that we went through eight manufacturers until we actually found our current manufacturer. Wow. Um, because just people, it's and then our fabric, we had lots of issues with our fabric too, and now we have a great manufacturer of our fabric that we can get a... In, in the U.S. or overseas? The, we, we are made locally, and okay. our fabric is... All, well, it's not made locally, but we we get it locally. <laughs> okay. But there, um, I don't, there's hardly any fabric made in the USA anymore of, of, the, of like what I use, and actually I don't think there is any anymore. But finding, that takes time, and that's, again, talking to various people, any anyone who might know anything about it, and then going through, um, and then, of course, the designers. 
you need a designers and pattern makers, like on this bra example. That's someone who can design a bra and um, and make the pattern for it. And it's really important too in in clothing construction that that the pattern maker has a good knowledge of production because the more bells and whistles that you put on your pattern, it's great, but that makes your production cost a lot higher. And then, of course, the more complex that the production is, the more room there is for error. And that's, and that's as a small entrepreneur starting out, you don't have a lot of uh, you don't have a lot of room for error. So I think finding those two, those well, more like the three components. The uh, Okay, let's start with the designer. Where am I going to find the designer probably? You're going to have to look at some, I think, some trade uh, journals, like for the bra example, some lingerie journals. I mean, doing, I think, a lot of research online and then okay. narrowing it down. Is there anyone in your area that mm-hmm. actually does any of this? In my town of 50 people, I wonder if there's one year. (laughs) That I don't think so. (laughs) Not likely. All right. So, but you got to drive a couple hours. You find someone that that uh, that has some idea what they're doing. Get a price ahead, and I guess have them sign a non-disclosure, non-compete agreement before you show what you're doing. In in their case, because they're people that could do something. Yeah, but usually the designers—that's all they do—is design. You know, they're not really into the production or anything. But, I mean, it's better safe than sorry, you know, so that wouldn't be bad. Sometimes some pattern makers are also designers. They can do them both. And so that's that's kind of nice. You're able to get two birds with one stone. I have now a pattern maker that is also a designer, so I'm, I'm really lucky because I don't have to have that communication between the two anymore. What about some free help possibly with some local community colleges that teach clothing design? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if there's a, you know, community colleges, if there's a uh, any kind of art colleges or anything, there's always, always faculty and students looking for mm-hmm. a little extra. So um, that's a great way to, to uncover some, some creative talent there. And then possibly this designer may know some companies that have the material that she thinks it should be made out of or whatever. Right, maybe. right, right. On the on the fabric, and then um, and then also just to you know a lot of research on on fabric um, needs to be done to f- to find out what's mm-hmm. what's available, what's the quantities that you need to buy, that kind of thing. And I would say that there's usually you can find some and make some tests. You know that um, a lot of times. The design. Who's gonna Who's gonna test these bras out? How would you do that? <laughs> you know, that's when you have to you have to uh, test them out yourself, or your. Uh, okay. That's when your 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 best and dearest friends are uh, helping you out <laughs> on trying that. To get, you know, once you can get um, choose choose someone a designer and they can make or a pattern maker, and they can make that. A lot of times they might know someone who can make a sample uh, of it. For you know, a sam- sample sewers who just like to make samples. Then they're not into big production runs. They just want to do small little sample runs, and that's and then you can go from there because then you do have to go back. Inevitably, there has to be some modifications done, and you you have to then go back to the uh, the the designer or the pattern maker or both and and say this this and this we have to change. And then, Move this up, lower that, right. whatever. 
So this design maker, this small level person, makes you some samples, mm-hmm. and then you try it and say, okay, adjust this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And now you say, okay, this is comfortable. Right. This is really going to work. Of course, one problem, I guess, now is is that uh, bras come in 50 different sizes, right. so that's a, a whole other <laughs> big cost thing. But I guess you could start out with saying, I only have size and pick a size that is the most common, maybe. Right. Or two sizes right. and say, okay, I don't know what the most common, but let's say 36 and 38 or whatever it would be. Right. Say, okay, these are the two sizes we're going to make it, and this is all I offer. And those uh, people that are making the samples, they made six or ten of each and take some pictures of them and at this point get some actual sales, do you think? Are we jumping in too soon or is this this the point where, okay, let's just see if anyone will pay for it and then try to find a price level, of course. Right. Is this what the direction you'd go at this point? I think so. I think I think it becomes then where how how are you going to distribute it? Are you going to go after your and do you have a good grasp on what your cost is of it? And you can figure, well, if I if I make ten, I'm going to pay this much. But if I have if I make a hundred of three sizes, right. then then my cost will come down. So you have to figure out your, your cost and how are you going to distribute it. Are you going to sell it direct to consumer, or are you going to go after the wholesale account, or or both? Well, what would you recommend to start with? I would, you know, it's just so hard. It just kind of depends. Well, what did you do? Did you go to the to the uh, mass produced situation, or did you just do it on your own to start with? I, I sold it on my own at my own store, and that's how I started. And then I I did I so I did kind of both. That's a big commitment, though. You start you had a store. I mean, you set up the store just for your product, or yes. you had a store already? No, I, I set it up for my product, an online store. Oh, an online, online store. Online store. Oh, a, oh okay, not a physical not store. Okay, physical. I think it's well, a physical store. Now you really got a commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Just, okay, so at this point, are we we're going to create a website? Is that what you're thinking? I think you have to. You have to have a website. Okay, so we're going to do a website. Right. We're going to offer these two sizes. Right. Is this a good time? to introduce something like a, a, a Kickstarter where, you know, they help raise funds for everyone says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy one of those or I'll contribute $10 to that. Or if they're selling for 75 and you're going to let me have one for $40, i will I'll put $40 in to get you going. Is that is this a – are we far enough along yet to hit Kickstarter or we could have even done it sooner? No, I think this is a good spot. I think for something like a clothing item, you do need to kind of see it for Kickstarter. I, I think people need to get excited about it to see it. And I think also a product that, that solves a problem has a much better chance than something that... Just for beauty or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, just... Or well, just th- this indigestion thing is a big problem right? for a lot of women. Right. So this is not a dreamed up problem. This is a real one for sure. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anyone solved it yet. That's why I'm... Okay, so... At this point, you could do Kickstarter, or you could go to family and friends to maybe get the money, I suppose. How much money do you think you could have, if you did it on the shoestring with friends and, you know, again, keeping it as minimal as possible, how much do you think you've spent probably at this point where you've got 10 samples of each and you're going to try to put it up on the Internet on your website? What do you think you might have it investment-wise? I'd say you're you're right around maybe $10,000. You've already got 10k into this, so this is right. a, a fairly expensive experiment if it goes sour. Well, it, let's say you won't, you made it just a very uh, rudimentary website. 
you know, for it's just information. You're not going to take <laughs> okay. any business there. So right. that will cut your cost on on your website, building that out. So you're going to have at least 5,000 in it at this point, or, or you think 10 still? I, I think that if you're lucky, maybe five, but I think, you know, maybe more realistic, it's got to be closer to 10. Okay. It might, well, it might. I, maybe not. Maybe if you just have two sizes, maybe it's not quite 10,000. Okay, let's say 7,000. Oh. So you got 7,000 this this thing at this point. Mm-hmm. And then you start putting out your ads. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get responses, then you have to figure out, well, you know the product's right. Right. It's just you either charge too little, char- not likely, uh, charge too much, advertise to the wrong group. But if you know there's a need, then really at this point you need to refine where you advertise, I guess. Is that would that be the case? Yes, and to and to do as much as much as your own of your own PR as you can, as your much as your own. Okay. So PR, what do I do for PR here? So I've got it to this point. We've got ten samples of each. Do I go on radio talk shows or TV or what? What would you recommend at this point for to, uh, on a shoestring again to to get some exposure? Well, I think I think you have to be a little bit more. You have to have a little bit more product before you go on the radio or TV because hopefully like I'm thinking free free talk shows I'm not talking about paid stuff oh yeah yet. yeah no I still it's still still premature for that I still think it is a little bit premature I mean and I think it's a great thing to do and I, and I was lucky enough I was on a um, low just a local TV show and I brought models on and it was a morning show by the time we drove home we were just inundated with orders it just wow. surprised us I mean because it's a little morning TV show. (laughs) And I think we had, um, we were, we were on for less than two minutes. I think it was a minute and a half. So the power, the power of television really is, it's incredible. So you don't want to blow it. You don't want to have this great product, this great idea. And then people, and then you have to say to people, I can't fill your order. You have to wait six weeks or two months or what have you until I have enough inventory. So that's that's a little bit, I think, putting the, the cart before the horse because you, do, you don't want that. You know, bad will is, is hard to <laughs> reverse. <laughs> it is, yeah. it really. Okay, so you got the 10 samples of each. Right. Then you want to get those 10 samples sold and see if there's compliments or complaints at that point then first. Is that where you're really going at this point? I think so. I think you can... Try and see what kind of feedback you got you get initially, and again going back to what where you've identified the groups like like in this example the IBS you know the forums there those groups those mm-hmm. Facebook groups and you you know just talk that this product is I got it you know who wants to who wants to buy it and then if you get a positive response setting setting some boundaries and saying you know I'm going to give this 30 days. In 30 days, you notice, well, I've gotten a lot of inquiries. I've gotten some positive feedback. Then I think it might be time to do a little bit more of inventory and a little bit more production, maybe a little bit more signs that you've done the research and maybe with your focus groups, you're, you're more familiar with what are the most popular sizing. And then just knowing you can't, you can't please everyone. You can't do it all. Sure. But you can have what's most popular or most common. And then I think, then I think you're ready for the, for the shows. And then for the, your local newspaper 
or any newspaper that you've from any city you've ever lived in or any alumni. Again, to just say this is who you are and what you're doing now. And it's also then it becomes your story. I think especially for for we baby boomers who are doing the second half of our life, our second mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real that's a real uh, story for people to are interested in and to and to to look at. Yeah, that you could in your second half do better than you did in your first half. Right, right, right. So, okay, you got 10 samples each, you sent them out, you've had a couple of complaints, you fixed a couple of areas where they were splitting or something was wrong. So now you've solved that problem. So uh, you've gone back and created some, uh, 10 more samples of each, and now they're, they're solid. They're not ha- there's no problem with these ones. So now you want to go out and, and do your first, I guess, run uh, of product in many sizes, but at the same time, you're a little afraid here. Is it too soon to go out and order $10,000 worth of product at this point yet, or... Or what? I wouldn't order. <laughs> I wouldn't order that much, but I would order a few thousand dollars worth. Maybe, maybe just two, two or three, okay. to see what, right. how much your costs were and stuff. And then also that by this time, maybe you've you've finalized how you're going to sell it. Are you, are you going to go? Are you going to go to the wholesalers? Are you going to try and get it into the specialty lingerie shops, or are you also going to sell it online? On your own website, are you going to sell? There's lots of um, resellers on uh, online too. Amazon, are you going to try to get it into the Amazon um, and those kind of things too? So, well, Amazon would take any product, but the first complaint would be the problem. Well, that's true. That's true. And then, but I mean, you've already tested it and it's working, and you have a re- Amazon has a return policy; they can return it just because they didn't feel like opening the package. You know? Right. They get to return it fairly easily. Uh, but anyway, you start selling through Amazon, and you've already tested it, and it's working. I mean, you could probably do enough on Amazon and maybe eBay that you'd never have to look at a store, I would think. You could. You could. You know, they take, you know, Amazon takes takes a percentage, but it's okay. Yeah, but they're, if they're getting you, of course, they're not getting the customers. That's a problem because even though you have the best product in the world, they don't advertise it or market yeah. it. They just have, has a place where they can buy it. You still have to go out on the TV shows and the radio shows right. and promote it. They don't. Amazon doesn't do anything, right. really, because right. they're they're there just to deliver. Right. You, know, that's, you know, deliver the product for you, and they have the name and the guarantee, so people feel quite. Uh, uh, confident that everything will go well if they don't like the product, so they're they're pretty safe there. All right, so I mean, what route would you go? Okay, you know it's working. You've sent out the first ten, twenty samples, and you fixed it. You sent out another twenty. It's working. Would you go in your your thought? Would you go to the specialty shops at that point, or would you go and stick on online? I would do both. I would I would oh. hit up everyone. You know, every every specialty shop in my area. I, okay, how do how do I go after them? I would physically make a call, call you know, go up, go up to them, who find out who the owner is or the buyer is, and here's my product. Are you interested? And they can tell you, they can give you some good good feedback. Um, maybe they've they're not accepting anything new right now. They'll tell you come back this time of year, or sure, you know, I'd I'd be interested. And and then you you can just see they. I know. I know. When I first started, I got a lot of feedback that it was from from some of the retailers that they just didn't. Um, I wasn't unknown. But if you maybe offered it on consignment or something, yeah. so they have no investment, right? What have they got to lose? Maybe, but again, maybe they still won't do it. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just kind of depends on what their policies are. 
And then, and then I also think though I would sell it on my own store. I would still sell on my own store. Own oh, virtual store. Right. Correct. On your website. Website okay. store. Yeah. No, but you need to promote that website though, yes, right? Because again, no one's going to find it right. if unless you discovered the people. Right. So wh- how how would you get your name out there? What would you do social social media wise? Would you recommend with a product like this? What would you do? Well, I would use. Google AdWords. I would use those. I'd use those. I'd use advertise. I think you know maybe on maybe on Facebook still, Pinterest. Pinterest, yeah, because it's pictures you're going to deal with here. Okay, right. So Pinterest is more of a picture website, which is perfect for the for a product like this. Product. Right, and women and women women do Pinterest a whole lot more than men. Okay, so, so they're the perfect uh, audience. Right, then. right, and then I think the. Um, Oh, Yahoo also. So what happens, uh, how is Yahoo, you mean paid Yahoo you're talking about? Paid Yahoo. So it's the same thing oh. like AdWords, you know, you're yeah. paying. So I would I would do all those kind of avenues with, with specific keywords and then just give them a little time, maybe two to three weeks and to look, how is it doing? How, how it, what words are performing, what aren't? Because when you're just starting out, you're just not sure what people are searching for to make that they might come to your site, but are they buying? And so you you have to kind of fine tune those words all the time in those ads, all the time, so they're right. so they can so find out what works. Yeah, I got you. So you're constantly testing different words to see which one brings in the most customers. Right. Right. Do you like a Yahoo virtual store where they set you up and they've already got the credit cards and everything and all that? Do you think that's a good way to go? It could be. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. It could be because when you set up your own store, you have your own commerce going, and it, it does. It makes for a more complex website, which means it's more expensive to set up. So it could, you know, that could be. Like a Yahoo web store, I mean, there's different sizes. Maybe they're 99 a month or something. But if it's totally turnkey, mm-hmm. it may be perfect for this product, right, possibly. Right, right, and and, it's, and you can still sell through Amazon. Does it's not that it's just Yahoo, but they are hosting your website and giving you all the tools that you need to to do an online store. That's all. Right, right, right. Yeah. And a, a eBay store maybe too. I don't know. Sure, sure. I think the more exposure that you have, the more you know your your rankings, and and you you'll come up higher on the search, but just by the more exposure, you know, mm-hmm. that you have at all these different all these different venues that you can sell at. All right. Now let's just uh, take a guess at this. This is a big, you know, uh, uh, you know, you have. It certainly would depend on the product or everything. But let's say this a brass uh, example again, uh-huh. from the idea to. You've already done the 10 and you tested it and then you fixed it and another 10 and another 10. So now you know you got the product. It works from the beginning of the of the thought and you spent 30 hours a week on it. Uh, how long before you think you've reached this point where you have your virtual store, Yahoo or wherever you've got it, eBay store, and now you are starting to uh, have a positive cash flow? Okay, you've invested, like you say, maybe $7,000. At what point do you think the return, and of course it depends on how popular the product is and all that, but what would be realistic to expect so you know, okay, i gotta, I got to survive on nothing for I'd say six months? Six months, year. yeah. I'd say, I'd say within six months you'll know if things are starting to click. So this is a long, uh, you have to really uh, 
think twice before you go ahead and do something like this because it's a big venture. But, of course, you can back out at any point because, like you said, if you do the first batch and everyone hates the idea, then you know you've got the wrong idea probably. Or you didn't make it right you or something. Make it right. it, can, yeah, yeah. So at each step, you're getting verification. And if it verified when the first 10 people try it and the next 10 and the next 10, right. then it's not really a matter of question of if it's going to work. It's just whether you can wait long enough for it to work. Right. And then, of course, it is. It's just so exciting, you know, when you start getting your sales. It's just it's just really very, very exciting. Well, I like the idea of going, I mean, some people might not like it, but going out and knocking on the doors of all the local specialty shops that would carry <laughs> something like this bra. Right. So now you're really getting firsthand, in, and those people will tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. Kick you out in your butt and tell you the stupidest idea they ever heard if they thought so. Yeah, they're not, they're going to pull any punches because no. they don't know you and they they're going to tell you the truth probably. Right. I mean, not not all of them, but uh, probably enough of them. You'd soon find out if from the local shops right. if this is going to fly or not. Right. And if you if if you're willing to give it to everyone for free and they don't want it, <laughs> <laughs> you know there's something wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, when you say six months. Six months, we're going to have made my 7000 back, or we're just starting to make 1000 a month then, or what? I think, I think we're starting to make some money. Yeah, we haven't, made our, we haven't made our initial investment back, but we're starting to make some money. And I think that's the time where if things start clicking and then you get some uh, local paper or, or local newspaper, yeah. magazine, or TV, then I think you're really starting to click. All right. So there's no there's no fast way as far as you can see to, I mean you're going to have to go through these steps we just said one way or another. I mean uh, I was thinking well maybe you could do a get an artist that could really uh, draw up an example of this bronze and it looks fantastic on paper, and say uh, I want to take a bunch of pre-orders. This will work. We guarantee it. You have a 60 day money back guarantee, and for anyone that orders it now, we're just putting it together, we're not finished, you know, not giving too much detail, but, so, you know, you haven't even maybe started yet, this actually making the, the, the bra, but you know what you're going to make, and you say, okay, anyone that uh, does a pre-order gets it at half price right now, and maybe test the market that way, and where you've really only paid an artist so far, would that, do you think that might be a way to go? It, it could, it could, it's, I think that's a creative opportunity not to, it, there's nothing to lose to not give that a try. All right. I mean, if you get a bad, if no one wants to do it and it's bad, then it was bad anyway. So. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. So if no one says, I wouldn't order that in a million years, yeah. well, then, okay. So you could test it then a little quicker and cheaper and just see how many people pull their credit card out. I guess that's what I'm worried about because, you know, often I heard of a, a minimal product with fewer features as possible. Right. <laughs> so in other words, instead of writing the first 140,000 word book, write the 10-page book first <laughs> for $9.90 or $2.95 and see if anyone wants it. Right. If no one wants it at that level, then you don't want to spend like three years writing the you know, the 150,000-word book right. or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. But, but test, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid it, of, you know. Okay, so we could test a little bit quicker to see. And if, it, if no one's interested, nothing lost. You only paid your artist the sketching piece. Right. And maybe you could, I don't know if you could go to Kickstarter with this a sketch, but could you maybe go to them and say, hey, I need the money to develop this thing. And uh, I know exactly what it works. What, what, I mean, I know exactly what it's going to look like pretty well. And I need money to do the design and, you know, and, and get my first thousand 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Order together. Yeah, I mean it's worth a try again because all it all, you know, all you can be told is no, you're not not yet. You need something more. All right. So Kickstarter could tell you that before you even get approved, whether they're even going to run your 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 campaign. So they can say, no, you're not far enough along. We don't do that sort of thing. Or maybe you go to a different group like that and and see, you know, because there's a bunch of them out there now. Right. So I can't remember all their names right now, but so you could go to another one and say, hey, you know, here's the sketch. I know it's going to work, and let's see, and then. Run the campaign. Go on a bunch of radio shows. Mm-hmm. See if you can drive some people to the to the campaign, the Kickstarter campaign. To you know, maybe put a dollar in or ten dollars just to help you, and you send them a bumper sticker, <laughs> you know, with a picture of your new bra. I don't know. Right, right. Something that you know. And let's face it, this is something women need, and especially if it could solve a problem. Right. Now, I mean, there's a million other products just like this one that we're describing that needs to be discovered. I'm sure a lot of women can say, hey, we need, I mean, you came up with, or whatever, you know, your your product solved the problem. Right. And, you know, you're proof of it. You've been doing it for 10 years. Right, right. right. And has it got better every year? Um, we had, interestingly enough, we, we've had ups and downs. But when the economy tanked, oh, we yeah. actually did better. So really? that was what was so funny. It was like, okay, I don't get it. But it is... Um, People were really, really heating up I then. I think so. We were very anxious. <laughs> so they really needed we were very it. very anxious. But we do do well for Christmas. Even though women have night sweats year-round, mm-hmm. clothing is still a... But that's a gift item. It's a, it's a gift item. And yeah, they're saying, I know mom has this problem. I'm going to buy that for right, her. Right, right. And, and because they are, they're, they're not inexpensive, it makes it that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we do about 30% of our sales starting November 1st until about... Mid January, wow. it's just phenomenal. Christmas—that's the Christmas season, and man, we're just humming. So Amazon's like that too. Yeah, you know? yeah. You do seventy-five uh, percent of your business in two or three months there. Yeah. All right. Well, to your garments, just describe what your garments do, so so people have an idea. And let's get your website and everything, so people can come over and take a look. Uh, okay. Give us some descriptions of what what you what you offer there. Well, we say they're. Beautiful moisture-wicking sleepwear for women who who suffer from night sweats. Um, mm-hmm. We make pajamas, nightgowns, and pillowcases. They're fabulous for travel because they're very, very lightweight. They don't wrinkle, so they just shake out. And you can also wear them as lounge clothing. So they, they're um, ideal for Going away, vacation. In a hotel room right. or something. Right. You could actually wear it, wear our pajamas. They afford that modesty that if you had room service, you could open the door and not feel like you must uh, get completely dressed. Yeah, so they, they really they really afford a, a lot of diversity, and plus their performance sleepwear. They work for you. The fabric is super soft, but really super wicking. So any moisture from the skin goes to the fabric where it quickly evaporates, so you stay drier uh, during sleep. Now, how, where does it go, like in a pillow? So you're, you're sweating, because I know I've seen, had that in my experience myself. Right. So you're... You soaked your pillow, but somehow it's still it will still it will still, still evaporate. So it evaporates just real quick. So anything like cotton or anything, if that gets damp, that stays damp. And then it's cold, and you're you're miserable. Or you with a pillow, you you turn it. And there's only so many ways you can turn a pillow. 
Mm-hmm. You got wet everywhere. Right. Right. You need a second pill. Yeah. So this, right. is, this is the same thing. It it, um, it quickly evaporates, and so you it's just not staying wet, and you're not uncomfortable. And so that's that's what we have, and we uh, donate. We're made in the USA, and we donate a percentage of every sale to breast cancer research. A worthy cause. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And our models are are either uh, cancer survivors or their daughters or sisters or friends. So everyone has a first first experience with with cancer who models for me, which makes it kind of special too. And I and the the goal is to show that women of all ages can look beautiful, even though they might be a little bit sweaty. And our tagline is: We make cool garments for hot women. And it's at Harrelly.com. That's, that's our website. Okay, so the website is, give the spelling of it just so everyone has it. H-A-R-A-L-E-E dot com. Now, is there also an email address if someone wanted to talk to you about maybe an idea or a product they had and maybe you might be able to want to help them or be, be part of what they're doing? Is there anywhere they can get a hold of you email-wise? Sure, it's uh, Harley at harrelly.com. Uh, well, that's fantastic. Harley, you've been wonderful with your time and and with your knowledge here because we really needed to to pick your brain for the folks that are listening that you know would like to follow in your footsteps and you know create a business like you say this is an exciting time but what's your what's your last words for the for the folks to what would you like to say to them I'd just like to say that, you know, if you if you think you have this uh, some idea, if you have this entrepreneurial desire, just, just to go for it, you know, and, and just to enjoy your life. I've never been happier. I mean, I've never, I've had some great jobs. But I don't ever remember waking up every day thinking, oh, good, you know what I can do today? <laughs> and, that's, and that's how I feel. And that's just, it's a wonderful thing to do. So I, I wish that kind of... Uh, goodwill on on anyone who's thinking of, especially for their second half of their life. Well, that's wonderful. I I appreciate that. Well, we look forward, uh, maybe in the next uh, few months or a year, we can check back with you again and see what new products you're bringing out or what's what's happening over there at your store. But I thank you for taking uh, tonight to to spend this with us and just uh, may God bless you and thank you. Well, thank you very much, Ken. It's been my pleasure. All right. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.